Welcome to Building Astropad. I'm Matt Runge, co-founder and CEO at Astropad, and I'll be taking you behind the scenes at our company where we build software and hardware products for creative people. So if you're a creator interested in starting a business or creating your next big project, join us and let's learn together. Hi there, Matt here, here with Savannah. Hey. Hey, so we are talking about the first 24 hours of our Kickstarter. So we launched our Kickstarter. It was not last week, but the the week before. And, you know, we were pretty amazed with how much we learned within the first 24 hours. At least I was. I was blown away Mm -hmm. by how much we learned. We had done a ton of prep. And, of course, when you launch something, some stuff's going to work, some stuff isn't. And we were able to tell pretty quickly what was and wasn't working. So you want to talk about that on this mm-hmm. episode. What worked really well for us, what didn't work well, and kind of the insights we have beyond that for the rest of the campaign. Yeah. Matt actually asked me if I wanted to record this episode last week. And I was <laughs> not ready. <laughs> I was still recovering from the launch. And I think I'm, you know, even two weeks in, I'm still recovering because it was all we worked towards for a long time. And yeah, it was exhausting. Well, maybe we should start there. Okay. I mean, how are you feeling right now? It has been an emotional roller coaster, definitely. Like in the days, weeks leading up, you know, I was working long hours, like getting ready to launch, definitely had like a lot of adrenaline and nerves leading up to the the launch day. And then when you when you go live, it's just like within a few hours of going live, I felt exhausted like immediately because all of this anticipation just was like leaving my body like the it was out in the world, this thing that we had been working on for so long. Yeah, and then in the days after that, we've been referring to it as like a Kickstarter hangover because it's just pretty surreal to know that, yeah, it's live and there's no more guessing like, oh, how's it going to do? Like, do you think we're going to reach our goal? Like for so long, we had anticipated like how much money we would raise and like finally we have all these questions answered. So yeah, it's been a roller coaster. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. We do all this prep and then you launch it. And at least for me, after the days after, it's kind of like, now what? You know, you're doing all this preparation and then you feel kind of wandering. At least that, yeah. that's how I feel. Like so much goes into thinking about like the minute it goes live and then, you know, you you spend not as much time thinking about what happens after that or like what happens beyond the Kickstarter, you know, at least on the marketing side. So. Yeah, you have to readjust quickly once it goes live. But I don't know, are you over your Kickstarter hangover yet? No, it's better this week, but (laughs) it's still not completely gone. I'm still kind of sluggish. I feel like I could use a long vacation. You know, nowhere to go right now with COVID going on. But Mm -hmm. well, you're going camping (laughs) this weekend, right? Yeah, I am. Yeah, I am going. Unplugging. That sounds nice. Yeah, that is part of my launch recovery. The other thing too is we found this happens too with other other launches and other projects we've done too, where you work really, really hard for a goal, you get to it, and then you're like, okay, now what? <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of hanging there. We'll feel better once the Kickstarter is over, and we can kind of move on to to the next thing and shipping it. 
That'll yeah. Be the next big, big hairy goal to get to is, is actually shipping and fulfilling the Kickstarter. You know, I think it helps too that we've been through this a couple of times with different launches as well. And so we can be like, yeah, this is normal. Mm-hmm. We, we felt this way before. You're not doing anything wrong. Not being just unproductive for the sake of it. You know, like this is, it's okay. Yeah. You'll, you'll get over it. You'll, you'll move on to something else and feel better. But yeah, another hard part about launching the Kickstarter was, you know, within the first few hours, we realized that this campaign is so different from our previous Kickstarter campaign. And so many things, which we'll talk about today, just like perform differently than they did in the first one. And yeah, it's hard. It was hard not to compare this campaign to the last one because I'll admit, like I was really hoping to raise more money in this second Kickstarter campaign for Windows. And within like the first, you know, 24 hours, it became clear like that the momentum wasn't as explosive as it was in our first campaign. And so I was feeling like some doubts and like feeling a little bit deflated about that. But then like when I take a step back and look at it, I'm like, oh, wow, we just raised like, you know, a quarter million dollars in a week or something because that's how it was this campaign. Now we are, are we 15 days into the campaign and we're at like $280,000, which is... sounds about right. I can pull it up here too. I mean, that's amazing. And that money is going to make a really big difference for the company, especially because we're bootstrapped. And so, yeah, I'm trying trying to like put things in a perspective and not compare it to the last campaign too much. Yeah, it's really hard not to compare the two, you know, because we had that previous campaign that went, went, had crazy momentum from the beginning. I mean, as you're saying, we realized, yeah, definitely the first 24 hours were like, okay, this is a very different campaign. The same things that drove our last campaign aren't the same here. And yeah, we should really stop comparing it because this is still super, super fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, like we're, we were doing really, really well, but we just expected it to progress at the same rate as our last campaign. But again, just to highlight now how they're different, our last campaign had more momentum in the beginning. We raised more money in the first couple days than this campaign, but that campaign really slowed down in the middle versus this one has continued to be much stronger mm-hmm. throughout. So yeah, they're each a little different. That's what that's what we're learning. Mm-hmm. So why do you think this campaign started so different than the last one? Yeah, I think the number one thing has to do with our existing customer lists. So for our first Kickstarter in 2017, the majority of our backers came from our existing customers for our Astropad software products. So people who were Mac users who wanted Luna Display for Mac. And, you know, we had a huge email list at the time. It was like 100,000 people that were ready to ready to buy Luna. And this time around, like we, you know, hit send on those emails and just did not get the conversion rate from our Mac customers that we were hoping. 
it was really the first time ever that we we were disappointed by our mailing lists. And because normally, you know, we try not to email them unless there's something really important that we want to say, like, oh, here's a really great blog post or a new like update for you or a good sale. But this was the first time where it's like they didn't, yeah, didn't perform like what we were expecting. And it's really easy to see why now, like those are existing customers are Mac users and we're selling a product for Windows. And I mean, it seems so obvious now, but we've been hearing for so long that our customers wanted us to move to Windows to go cross platform. And so we just assumed that like they would come out and buy the product, but we're realizing that actually this is just a totally new group of people from our existing user group, which if you think about it is actually a really exciting thing because that means we have like all this untapped potential on the Windows side, like outside of our existing customers. Yeah. And to elaborate on that even more too, you know, we definitely knew that, you know, the Mac users weren't going to convert the same way as our first Kickstarter, but we assumed that there would be some overlap that, mm-hmm. okay, somebody's got a spouse or somebody else in their family or a friend that has a, a PC and they could tell them about it and like, hey, you should back this. Or maybe somebody uses both. They use a PC at work, they use a Mac at home, that there'd be some kind of crossover. And so we we made our estimates according to that. You know, We never expected the turnout to be as much as it previously was, but even our, our lower end estimates was off by 10x, you know, like there was just so much less interest in it than we even, even the lower end of what we were, were predicting. And our list, you know, our email list is over twice the size as it was during our first Kickstarter. And it still just didn't, didn't perform like we had hoped. So, I mean, it's, it's interesting. Like <laughs> we didn't expect that, but yeah, I guess we, are still happy with how the campaign started. So yeah. Yeah. So that our, you know, Astropad and Luna list didn't turn out. And, you know, as you're saying, Savannah, in hindsight, it makes total sense now. Right. And we did have one list though. They really drove the beginning of our campaign. Yeah. Our smallest email list of our windows. uh, We call it the interested in windows people. These are like, the people who have been begging for us to go to Windows. And yeah, we've been collecting their emails for about over a year now, since right after Sidecar launch, since the summer of 2019. This list is, it was about 14,000 people when we launched the Kickstarter. And this list showed up like they... They came out and they backed our Kickstarter. And it's because these people are the most qualified leads. Like they have been, we grew this list by, you know, putting out content on our blog that talked about our Windows journey. Like we didn't have anything to sell them at the time or anything to give them, but they've been hungry for Windows and yeah, they really showed up. And so, you know, in hindsight, you know, I realized that putting a lot of effort into growing that list was totally worth it. And, you know, I wish I could spend more time on, I could have spent more time on that. But I mean, we spent like a year 
on it. So I don't know how much more time we reasonably could have spent on it, but it was totally worth it. And if I was planning another Kickstarter campaign, like that's what, that's where I would spend my efforts. Yeah. And this really drove home the lesson that you're, you know, you were saying the qualified leads, really, that the audience you have really needs to overlap with the product. And this really, really drove that home. And now we're going to spend more time continuing to build our Windows list in the future because we're realizing we're going to have to build a completely new audience, as you were saying earlier, which is exciting because that there's a huge chunk of the market we haven't gotten to yet. We need to put more time into it. We're not going to be able to rely on the same websites, the same tricks, the same things we've been doing. Yeah. That's been getting us the Mac crowd. Yep. We need to tap into the PC, Windows crowd. Yep. So I was really pleasantly surprised with that list. I mean, it was small and I figured, yeah, like some of these people are going to back our Kickstarter, but I was shocked by how well it performed compared to our other customer lists, which are, you know, so much larger. Yeah, no, the other list, you know, is almost what, 250,000 people, maybe not quite that. And the the 14,000 person Windows list just blew it out of the water completely and got us to our goal. Mm -hmm. Just, just was amazing to see the turnout there. Quality over quantity, really. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. You're right. That's totally that's totally the lesson here. Quality over quantity. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That is definitely the lesson. Which, yeah, no, it's it's good. It's good. So what else did we expect to work? We didn't. <laughs> well, I'd say the biggest thing the was with press and press coverage. So This is another area where I'm kind of disappointed with how it played out, but I'm also not that surprised, like thinking about it in hindsight. So the problem that we ran into is that, you know, we've talked about press before and how how we reach out to the press and we have a bunch of great press contacts, but they're all with like the Mac and Apple press. And we were launching Luna Display for Windows And these people just weren't interested in our launch. Even though Luna Display, like, you know, uses an iPad, like still the Windows thing just didn't resonate with the Mac crowd. And so there was this whole, you know, chunk of our, you know, press coverage that we were hoping for that just didn't happen. And then on the other side, like with the Windows press, we didn't have any reputation with them. We've never launched a Windows product before. And so, you know, we didn't hear back from a lot of the people that we wanted to cover us. I mean, we did, don't get me wrong, we did get good press coverage, like TechCrunch and Windows Central, iMore, Forbes, they all covered us, which is amazing. Like, I'm super grateful for that. But it was just really different. Like, it was it was like, wow, okay, yeah, this is a whole new market. And something that we were disadvantaged by was that we didn't get to send prototypes out ahead of our Kickstarter. And we did this for our first Kickstarter where we sent out Luna display prototypes and you know, the Mac press was able to test it out and review it for our launch. But because of our engineering timelines, we weren't able to do that this time around. And so I think if we had sent out like prototypes to the Windows press ahead of time, they would have been like, wow, this is a really great product. Like I'm going to cover this, but we didn't get a chance to do that. And so we were just kind of like, 
it probably just looked like some random Kickstarter, like reaching out to them without any sort of like, yeah, true prototype to share. Yeah, I think reputation too gets to the core of it because when we did our last Kickstarter too, it was for the Mac community. And we had had a, a reputation with the Mac community. We had done gone to the press there multiple times. They knew us. We were a fairly regular source of news. And so when we went to them with a Kickstarter, it wasn't like, oh, here's some random Kickstarter. It was like, oh, okay, we know this company. They're doing a Kickstarter. That's pretty cool. And then on top of it, to really catch their attention, like you're saying, we'd send a prototype. Now we were back to square one, you know? <laughs> you're saying they didn't, the Windows folks didn't know us. So they're like, yeah, we have no clue who you are. And also, by the way, we're hesitant to cover a Kickstarter because, you know, there's so many Kickstarters that don't succeed, don't ship, and they probably don't want to put their their readers, you know, put it out there for the readers and potentially have them back a project that doesn't end up mm-hmm. succeeding, right? So I can understand why a lot of these places are hesitant to cover a Kickstarter because it, totally. it seemed like a key word that they would see Kickstarter and they'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, you know, we're going to hold off for now. It was more like, really when we fully ship that then they'd be more interested. Yeah. And it just would have been totally different if they had, you know, tried a prototype and really vetted and reviewed the product first before promoting a Kickstarter. So yeah, if you are able to send product samples out to the press ahead of time, I think that can really help you get over that sort of stigma around Kickstarter when you're trying to get press coverage. Yeah, no, it makes total sense what you're saying too. It's in their hands. They're trying it. They're like, oh, this actually works. Mm-hmm. If it works this well already, they're likely going to ship. You know, so yeah, that that that's key. That's really key. Yep. Well, what else do you think works well for us this time around? Yeah. So, I mean, we tried. Well, we've been doing a lot of things like sponsor newsletters and paid ads, but we'll get into those in another episode because right now I really want to focus on like what. What made a difference in those first 24 hours? And so the two remaining things that I want to talk about are, you know, adding like banners on our websites to direct traffic and also doing preparation ahead of time to answer FAQ questions from potential customers. So starting with like website banners. So we, within like the first 10 minutes of the Kickstarter launch, put up banners on our Shopify and WordPress sites that, you know, they are, they're kind of ugly. They're so in your face. They're like that bright green (laughs) Kickstarter color. Like you can't miss them, but people have been totally clicking on them, going to our Kickstarter and backing the product. And so, you know, it kind of helps to just put something like right in, right in your face when you're, trying to get website traffic over to your campaign. So definitely don't wait to do that. Just put it up on your site right away. And then, oh, did you have something to add? Oh, I was going to say it's been driving a good amount of traffic too. I mean, granted our our regular sites we've built up over the last couple of years, a good amount of traffic, but it's pretty cool seeing on our Google Analytics how much traffic our sites were were sending towards the Kickstarter. So Mm -hmm. it, it, it made a very measurable difference. Yep. And then the other thing that I thought really worked well was our support team put together a whole list of, you know, FAQ items ahead of time so that when we went live, they immediately published those technical questions on our Kickstarter campaign so that 
pretty much it minimized our support load where instead of people emailing in on or like messaging in on Kickstarter, like all of the questions that they needed ahead of time were already there. And yeah, we didn't do that in our first campaign, I think because we didn't even realize that like there was an FAQ tab on Kickstarter. And then I'm really happy that that we were able to do that this time around. And then we've been like adding to it and kind of sharing those FAQ questions like in a backer update too. It just makes everyone's jobs easier. Yeah, we were not so organized the first time around. And it helps that we've got a support team now that's Mm -hmm. really organized. And Rachel, who's on our team and heads up support, did a great job getting that all together, getting us organized, getting the FAQ. They spent a bunch of time to brainstorming questions. Like, what would people ask? So we had that covered from a lot of angles. That mm-hmm. that last time we were like frantically trying to respond to people. And so it was so much better this time. It was so smooth. It was crazy how smooth it was compared to last time because of those FAQ questions. So, I mean, yeah, those were the main things for the the first 24 hours, like those insights that just really set this campaign apart from our first one. But, you know, speaking more generally too, like about burnout and stuff like that, I think you kind of have to give yourself some time to recharge after that launch because the other important part of your campaign is going to come at the end when you're yeah, really going in for that final push to get people to back your campaign in the last 24, 48 hours. And so I think it's probably normal to feel that lull in the middle of the campaign. And so yeah, rest up and get ready for the end because it's going to be another roller coaster, I think. Yeah, that's what we're doing right now. Trying to trying to rest up, give ourselves space to be you know, unproductive at times, right? Like you can't expect peak performance all the time and took a lot of energy to get everything launched. So we're in that zone right now. From we learned in that 24 hours, what are you going to take and do differently in the last, say, 48 hours for the last week or so of the campaign? What is that? What does that change with the game, game plan, you think? Yeah, I mean, I'm glad that we are a very like flexible, nimble team where we don't, we're like willing to adjust our strategy as we go. Like we're not like super set on a strategy because we've learned so much. It's like, okay, not everything that we had planned is going to perform like we wanted it to in the last 48 hours. And so definitely, I mean, we need to rethink our press strategy And, you know, I think we still have some brainstorming to do on the marketing team about how to approach the press. Is there a different angle that we can go with? And one one thing that we've been talking about is doing like a technology preview to like a beta to try to, you know, garner some press interest. But yeah, now we know like we got to change up the angle a little bit for the Mac press if we want any coverage there. And so yeah, with the press thing is the the main thing. And then I think we're being a little more thoughtful about how we're emailing our lists now. I think before we had planned to be emailing our Astropad list like all the time throughout our Kickstarter because we figured, okay, if there's any time to be annoying with emails, it's during our Kickstarter. 
But because it seems like that group like really isn't that interested, we were pulling back because we really want to, yeah, like preserve the integrity of that list. Like we don't want to just annoy them so much that they unsubscribe. And so we're pulling back and yeah, kind of saving how we'll talk to that list for other things that we have coming up, like a beta for Astropad Studio on Windows and stuff like that. Yeah, no, it makes total sense. I mean, I see it as doubling down on what's working and the things that didn't work. And we had those last campaign as well, too. Last campaign, it was we spent a bunch of time on uh, like Instagram influencers that never never really went anywhere, right? But it's like not chasing after things that, yeah, we might have put a lot of effort into, but it's not not giving results and we don't we don't see how we can tweak it to get results. So instead, let's put that energy towards what is working. And with being flexible too, it's like, you know, we're trying to make the best decision and the best strategy at any given point with the given information we have. But now we have so much more information that we're like, okay, we need to take a fresh look at stuff, right? Like how we're going to do it. That's good. That's good. And, you know, as you're saying, a benefit of being on a small team that we can, we're flexible. We can do, we can, we can pivot on a dime like that. Yeah. With, within the first few days of the campaign, like, me and the marketing team, we sat down and we were like, okay, what have we learned and what are we changing for the next few weeks? Like what, what are we going to stop working on? Where are we going to, you know, spend most of our time? And yeah, I mean, I think it really helps, like, especially working with a startup, like you just kind of have to be flexible and ready to adapt with whatever gets thrown your way. Yeah. Yeah. And again, different campaign than last time, different things are working. We didn't really talk about it too much on this episode, but we, we can in the future, but like ads, paid ads are working, like Facebook, Instagram ads are working so much better for us this time around than last time. Last time it didn't really work very well. This time it's it's working. So that's another another interesting thing that we can, we can touch on in the future. Yeah. Yep. Well, excited for the end of this campaign. We're getting there. Yep. But yeah, thanks for the updates, Savannah. Yeah. I'm sure that in the next, you know, 16 days, we'll learn even more. <laughs> Yeah, and we'll have to we'll have to do another episode after our Kickstarter is over and what we've learned even at that point. A Kickstarter like debrief therapy session. That's what I'll need. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's do it. All right. All right. Bye bye now. Yeah. 